Hey everybody, welcome to Big Things with Zach Miko. On today's episode, we have model and America's Next Top Model contestant, Gina Turner. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the theme song. Welcome to Big Things with Zach Miko. I'm your host, as always, Zach Miko. Happy Monday, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. we got a great episode coming at you. I sit down with America's Next Top Model contestant and budding supermodel, Gina Turner. If you guys haven't looked at any of my social medias in a while, you don't know that I was actually on America's Next Top Model this week. I posed shirtless for the first time in a challenge. Not just shirtless. I was in my underwear, and then they covered us in dripping gold paint. And I actually posed with Gina Turner on the show. So we have a great episode for you. We're going to sit down and talk about our experiences on America's Next Top Model, talk about her experiences in the life of modeling in general, talk about body positivity, talk about what an amazing advocate she is. For those who don't know, Gina Turner has alopecia, and she's an incredible advocate for others with alopecia, but also just for anyone who ever felt like a misfit or not beautiful in their life. She is such a champion of the underdog, and she is so amazing, and I'll be rooting for Team Gina, hashtag Team Gina, the rest of America's Next Top Model. That's coming up later. As I said, yeah, I was on America's Next Top Model this week. It was so scary. I think like a lot of big guys, I never wanted to take my shirt off. It was... It was scary. I mean, I'm the kid who wore his t-shirt into the pool, never took off my shirt for any reason whatsoever. Uh, if we were playing like a game and it was shirts versus skins, uh, if I got on the skins team, I would sit out the game. I was, I was not about to do that. So this was a big liberating experience for me, getting to go on TV and try to show everyone that brawn is beautiful and that men are included in the body positivity world and the amount of amazing feedback I got of guys reaching out to me and girls reaching out to me about how it helped them feel more comfortable in their own skin, about how they were also those people that were terrified to take off their shirts and, and the, the outpouring of positivity and love and support from them has meant everything. And all the contestants were super psyched when we found out what we were doing. There's a lot of amazing body positive advocates on this show as a whole the cast and crew were absolutely welcoming and incredible a lot of people have asked me a lot of questions and the main one that has come up is there was one contestant on the show who shall i say was less than enthused that bigger guys were on the show there's a contestant on the show named rio i was a big fan of hers from from watching the show and I got to admit, I was a little disappointed. I was a little dismayed at her reaction to hearing that she would be modeling with big and tall guys. So she said in the previews, which we saw, overweight guys are just not cute. Let's get healthy. Let's work out. But hey, you do you, boo-boo. Okay. Um, I'm not a fan that you said that. I'm a little surprised. Well, I think what worries me about that statement, she doesn't say, I don't find big guys cute. That's totally fine. You're your own person with your own desires and set of attractions and, you know, your your own idea of what's attractive. That's That's great for you. But she doesn't say, I don't think guys are cute. She just says, big guys aren't cute. So that's strike number one. Then I went to rewatch the episode in real time with everyone else. And in the Tyra Mail... They hint that they're going to be posing with bigger guys, to which she blurts out, uh, we're going to have to pose with all these fat-ass dudes, to which the rest of the contestants credit, like Christiana and Gina and Aaron and Brendy Kay, all jump on her and go, what are you talking about? Guys deserve body positivity, too. You know, don't say that about another human being, to which she's like, God, guys, I'm kidding. I mean, can't you learn to take a joke? But then, later on, she goes on to say the other thing that she said in the preview, that big guys aren't cute. Therefore, proving what she said in the first place wasn't a joke. This is something she believes and she feels. And I was disappointed. 
You know, I mean, I thought she was a good contestant. I still think she's a good model and a good contestant, but it just goes to show you that sometimes people who are so inclusive or say that they're so inclusive and, and so welcoming still have a lot of prejudices, especially when it comes to size. A lot of people online have been going at Rio for body shaming the male contestants on the show. And I think instead of slamming her, this is a good time to kind of make it an educational point. For example, in her thing, she said, let's work out, let's get healthy. That's her going on the assumption that bigger people do not work out and are not healthy, both of which I dispute thoroughly. I can point to you a million plus size fitness blogs. I, I, for, and also your health is between you and your doctor. You cannot look at me and tell me whether I'm healthy or not because you don't know anything about me. You don't know my blood work. You don't know what I'm able to do physically. There are 400-pound linemen in the NFL who can run faster, run longer, jump higher, lift more than any of us can ever dream. But if you're trying to go basically on aesthetics, you're going to say that these men are unhealthy, and that's simply not true. Sumo wrestlers in Japan are the healthiest, strongest people you can possibly imagine. They're more flexible, they're stronger, they have better stamina, but if you try to go by aesthetics, you're like, oh, well, look at them, they're unhealthy. It's just a fallacy. That's not true. There will always be people in this world that will look at you for your size if you're a bigger person, or if you're a smaller person, or for anything. There will be someone who looks at you in the world and thinks you're not good enough. Now, they do this because you have... We've all been brought up with these beauty standards, this teeny little box that we're supposed to fit in. And luckily, because of the amazing women in the body positive community and the men who have, have followed in their footsteps, we're starting to break out of that box. We're starting to realize that what's beautiful is individuality. And, and we all have something that's beautiful about us. And those things should be celebrated instead of putting people down for what they may have that you don't or you may have that they don't or whatever's outside this little box that the commercial world told us we had to fit in, all these barriers are coming down. While these barriers are coming down, there will still be some people who hold on to these barriers like their life depends on it because it's what they were taught to believe their whole life. Instead of attacking people for maybe thinking something like that, I think you got to take a page, honestly, out of the Queer Eyes guys book and be open with them. Say, okay, you think I'm unhealthy? You think I'm unattractive because of my size? Let's unpack that. Let me find out why you think this, and let's talk through it. And that's something I'd love to do. Rio, if you're listening, I'd love to have you on the show. I'd, I'd love to discuss that moment. I also know, having done reality TV, that a lot of that could have been in the editing. You might have not got a chance to say what you really felt. Sadly, what was broadcast, whether in context or out of context, was very anti-people of size, and I would love to unpack that and find out why you feel this way. Luckily, there's a lot of other advocates on that show who were not standing for it. A lot of the other contestants jumped on her, as I said, and most of all, luckily the queen herself even, after that episode aired, tweeted right out, hear me now and hear me loud. A dad bod should be appreciated like a rock hard bod. We celebrate thick women, now it's time to celebrate thick fellas. And then immediately after that, tweeted again, a little jiggle, a little wiggle, doesn't bother me, even a little. Which, I'm taking that and stealing that, Tyra, because that's the greatest thing ever. Um, but thank you, Tyra. Thank you for showing men of size on a national platform. Thank you to all the contestants who stood side by side with these guys and made these amazing pictures. If you haven't seen them, please go find them. They're all on America's Next Top Models uh, Instagram. They're on their webpage. You can Google them. I've posted a bunch. It's really something amazing, and it's work that I'm very, very proud of. Now, I wouldn't be able to be so proud of this work if I didn't have a partner who worked with me to make this amazing work. So, guys, I sat down during Fashion Week with my partner in that photo shoot, Gina Turner. We had a fantastic talk she is such a ray of light she's such an amazing advocate she's such an amazing model and i cannot wait for you guys to listen to this interview a second longer so everyone please sit back relax and listen to my interview with gina turner ladies and gentlemen i'm here with gina turner 
America's Next Top Model contestant, and if y'all watched last week's episode, my partner in the photo shoot. Gina, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. So, has it just been a whirlwind? You're here for Fashion Week, and I'm sure it's been absolutely nuts. Yeah, Fashion Week has been absolutely crazy. I yeah. This is my very first Fashion Week ever. And well, welcome. Only, only my second time in New York, so I'm still getting used to everything. But yeah, it's been insanely, like busy i've had yesterday i had five shoots and a meeting yeah. and today's my only free day well, <laughs> but I'm, the I'm next few I... days are crazy crazy books so and i'm walking into shows and i'm really excited i cannot wait for that Yay. so you were so you said it's your first time in new york you were originally uh you're born and raised in minneapolis is that correct no i was actually oh. born in nashville but i grew up in minneapolis oh yeah okay yeah. okay when did you move to minneapolis oh i was a baby like Oh, <laughs> two. Yeah. <laughs> Little baby. Oh. Okay. Brothers and sisters, you're here uh, for our listeners. Know Gina's lovely mother is actually sitting in Hi, on mom. us. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I do have brothers and sisters. I have two brothers and two sisters. I have a sister on my dad's side. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So what was it like growing up in Minneapolis? Oh. Cold, I imagine? Very cold for like most of the year. Okay. Um, summers are really, really nice. But it, I don't know. It's a very like, have you heard the term Minnesota nice? I, I haven't. It's Yeah, it's a very, it's a huge term for Minnesota people. Everyone's really, really nice. It's like Southern hospitality, but in the Midwest, like everyone in Minnesota is so nice. Okay. <laughs> but it, very conservative. So for yeah. me, it wasn't like. It wasn't the best place for me to stay, like for my career. I tried launching a career there. And yeah. It's a very commercial market. So Target headquarters is there. Yeah, so yeah, like a no. lot of, yeah. A lot of Target stuff. And, and then just over in Wisconsin, I think Kohl's is right next yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of commercial stuff. And I was modeling when I was younger and it worked when I had a little baby face. But then yeah. when I got a bone structure, I wasn't all American and commercial, you know. So yeah. kind of had to move markets a little bit. When did you start modeling? I started modeling when I was 10. Oh. Mm-hmm. My mom would like to say I started modeling when I was like five. But she just... <laughs> she just started pos- taking posing pictures around the house. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't really kick in until I was 10. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. So you started modeling young. I know I've talked about a lot about how, for me, being uh, bigger mm-hmm. was not an easy thing for me mm-hmm. growing up. For one, if you don't mind, uh, for listeners who don't know, Gina, you have alopecia. Yes. What's the correct term for it? Um, There are many different terms. There's alopecia areata, alopecia universalis, alopecia totalis, traction alopecia. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately for me, I've been through all stages of all of them except for traction alopecia. Traction alopecia is where your hair falls out because of like pulling and like tight weaves and stuff like that. Okay. But I've gone from areata to like full losing it and reversed. So it's kind of been crazy and all yeah. over the place yeah when did that start oh i i probably start i started losing like a little bit i lost a patch of my hair when i was nine okay fell out and grew back it's about the size of a quarter in the back of my head so it really wasn't noticeable and at the time i was in foster care so like i kind of kept it like hidden didn't really yeah. talk about it and the medical situation there is not like the most ideal when you're a foster child so yeah. like i it, there wasn't very many options and i just i felt like i just needed to keep quiet okay and then when i was 10 the same thing happened that patch fell out and grew back when i was nine and then when i was 10 same thing and it fell out and never grew back and it just kept moving all over my head hmm. and i had like spots literally everywhere and then it started when it started to lose fully it started as male pattern baldness kind of like in the center of my head on the top like how men usually lose their hair and then the circle just got bigger and bigger and eventually all of it was gone and then you know grows back falls out grows back falls out so so what age did it really start to like take hold it started when i was 10 like really really bad and i lost all of it by the time i was 12. oh my god Mm -hmm. how was that growing up rough (laughs) i grew up with like i mean i grew up cultured i come from a very black cultured family so like hair weave long hair beautiful hair is a very like important thing yeah not necessarily yes not necessarily important but normal yeah for black culture and so i grew up with hair my whole life and i had my own hair really pretty and curly and there was a lot you know but then that happened and it was like shell shock you know like what do I do I tried to cover it up with like we- like weaves for as long as I could with my own hair and then it got to a point where like that wasn't you could like my hair is blonde I'm a blonde naturally yeah. <laughs> so like it got to a point where it was so thin that like putting it in a ponytail you could see the ball spot through the hair that was covering it up kind of like a comb over yeah and it just it didn't work and then I went to um once I lost most of it I went to like using synthetic wigs because my mm-hmm. mom was like probably not willing to buy me human hair wigs at the time because as a 10 year old you don't know how to take care of 
you know, yeah, really and expensive. And those weed. wigs can run thousands. Yeah, like very, very expensive. Yeah. yeah. And so we were doing synthetics and they would like melt when we made cookies together. Like <laughs> it was really bad. Like honestly, if your shower water is too hot, they melt. Like oh, it was not. Man. Yeah. And it just it was really complicated. And they always looked really bad. And kids picked on me for it. Like once I incorporated those wigs, it was like very obvious as to like what was going on because it was so different than my natural hair. And it was such an abrupt change yeah. and people were just like shocked. And I went to a very, very like sheltered school community. At like that a private point. school? Or no, or just it wasn't conservative. A, wasn't a private school. It was very suburban, like very, very uppity, like a gotcha. very, a lot of white people. It wasn't very cultured at all. Like I really wasn't very many black people in town. So Lots like, of golf, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, actually a lot of golf, a lot of country yeah. clubs. Yes. Um, but yeah, it wasn't normal to those kids, let alone like me being, for me, I'm, I look, I look very white. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm so many different ethnicities, but I look very white. So for people looking at me, it's always like, oh, she looks, she's white. But then my hair texture is black hair texture. Yeah. So I'd always get picked on by girls in school and they'd always touch my ponytail and they're like, why does it feel like a Brillo pad? Or like, why is it weird? Like, why is your hair like that? It made me feel weird about it, you know? So like once that change happened, it was like, okay, her hair is always like the weird part about her. Yeah. So it's just what I got picked on for. It was like a never anything. Like, constant kids are the worst yeah i mean kids, <laughs> kids can be the sweetest and the meanest things ever i know and and, <laughs> and, and i think the sad part is there's no in between especially Nothing. like people always ask me they're like what was the absolute worst thing you went through what was the worst time in your life and i always say middle school yeah. because it was just like yeah. a constant barrage if you are different in any way yeah whatsoever during that time in your life now again you look back and you're like oh well these are kids they're only like 11 to 13 yeah, year old. They don't know they're, any better. I know. But, <laughs> but, but the problem is you have no one stepping in and yeah. telling these kids Nobody. that like, oh, well, that's wrong mm-hmm. for you to do. So because of that, it's, I don't know, put yeah. everyone in a room going through puberty at the same time. It yeah, gets real it's mean real really, quick. really, really bad. <laughs> like, and my thing is that I, I, middle school was definitely the roughest for me, mm-hmm. but like it was, it's a blessing and a curse all in one because as mean as it was and it was bullying and whatnot and definitely has your effects there its effects on you as a, as a person but at the same time you'll always get honesty from a kid you know yeah. so i i kind of got the real world of honesty at a very very young age you know yeah, yeah. so moving on from uh, terrible middle school how about yeah. terrible high school how was that <laughs> <laughs> high school actually wasn't so bad for Good. me it, it continued through high school of course you still go with those same kids that were in your middle school to the mm-hmm. high school and you know, stuff doesn't doesn't die down. You know, but oh, people know. hold grudges. Kids hold grudges. <laughs> My, uh, in ninth grade, I went to uh, football tryouts, and I was excited. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to a new school. Yeah. I'm going to try out for football. I'm a big guy. This is going to be great." <laughs> and then I get to the football tryouts, and it's every single kid that had ever bullied me my oh, entire no. life from middle school and elementary school, just all in, in the same one place. Little place. And oh. I had like a full-blown panic attack oh, in no. front of my mom and had to get out of there. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's not sorry. It's just it's <laughs> just, just tackled the crap out of all of them. Oh, you I, I wish I could. High school, middle school for me was like a very like I was very quiet. I yeah. didn't I grew up with my sister who fought for me every chance she got. I had an older sister that was like Debo. She literally battled all of our battles for us. If anybody picked us on us at the, on the bus or at the bus stop, it was she was there to handle it, you know, because her two little siblings are her tiny little siblings and she yeah. just she felt to the need to be that. And so when we went to the middle school, it was like separation and she was in the high school at the time and I was stuck in the middle school. So mm-hmm. when I got bullied and stuff happened, I didn't have my sister to run to. And then, you know, we moved into the high school and she was there I think for a year. We were in the same school for about a year, so I didn't get messed with for a year. And cuz people knew, I mean, she was a fighter. Like yeah. she was known to like <laughs> kick some butt when she needed to. And so she graduates and then I'm here by myself and it was like, okay, all over again, you know. Yeah. And then it starts all over and I I found a way to, I made high school like my turnaround point. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be stuck in that middle school mind state. So I, I learned how to defend myself. I, I used to be like a really shy, timid, like meek little personality. I was super quiet. My mom used to say growing up, I literally, I eat like a mouse and I, or wait, eat like a bird, talk like a mouse. <laughs> and no, it's a very true thing. She still says it to this day. And I was just so quiet. I didn't stick up for myself and being bullied like that. It made me like have to fight for myself and speak up for myself because I knew I wasn't always going to have people around me to do it yeah and so in high school I finally got that and then like then it came up like wow she's a bitch (laughs) (laughs) like and it wasn't that I was a bitch I just had had so many years of like balled up not defending myself and seeing all those people come at me like that and I was like I can't do this like you have to be your own voice you know like you can't let people do that to you so I I ended up you know 
defending myself in ways that like no I never was never a fighter but like I learned did you to, ever get in a fight yeah in middle school I, I fought a lot actually yeah. I was in the office almost every single day with my mom being called up to the school for something like Jeez. my I people tried to pull my wigs off down in the hallway like during passing time like drop my books like going down the stairs I've had it happen on the bus because they think you can't feel the hair because it's not your hair so yeah and I couldn't you know and they yeah. grab it and as I'm still walking they stay in one spot and hold on to it and it literally starts sliding backwards it was oh, the worst what pieces of garbage yeah I know I know <laughs> but you know and nobody tried that in high school I, I switched over my wigs to um they're called full lace wigs they're like a poly matrix at the time is what I was okay. doing so they're they're completely waterproof they're glued and taped on to your skin so they're like it's pretty much like rubber cement yeah. <laughs> for your skin so you can swim with it you can do everything with it and I, once I got that I was like okay cool now I can do dance team now I can do basketball now I can do yeah. cheer now I can do everything that I wanted and so I did I started with dance team and pageants and became like such a normal thing to the point where like my hair didn't like strike people as like something that was off it looked yeah. very normal and I was like okay this is good well even I know the first time I think everyone saw you in America's Next Top Model mm -hmm. no one would have guessed you had alopecia until you said it no one had any were, idea especially because I had my hair up in a ponytail yeah. and most people are like how in the hell do you do that with wigs yeah 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 I figured it out but it was it was it was a good thing figuring it out as a kid because it gave me a, a way to cover it. But growing into adulthood with that attachment of a ch as a child yeah. was probably like the worst thing and probably the worst thing for my modeling career. It limited me and I had no idea because that's where I was comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of which, so you started modeling when you were very young, mm -hmm. but when did it really start taking off? I mean, when, when for mm. one, I know... I'm sure for me, I know they're very different struggles, but for me growing up big was a huge detriment to my self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm sure you getting in fights with people about having alopecia was the same thing. Mm -hmm. When was the point that you felt that you could kind of rise above that and treat yourself as beautiful as, as what you are? Not until America's Next Top Model. You're kidding me. Mm -hmm. That's so amazing to hear i mean so but you had been modeling way before america's yeah Next and, and the hair was like so normal that like it didn't come up i just you know told the agencies like oh you, i have this wig i have this wig i have this wig yeah. and like it seems it's as simple as it is and as versatile as that makes one model it's so complicated to an agency or an art director or something because they're like how do you have all these options and then going into explaining what's wrong with you is so counterproductive to like yeah. just trying to create art you know i felt like there was an explanation every single time i tried to like just pitch that like my hair can change you know and it was just yeah but yeah not until america's next time model did i get comfortable with it it was yeah it's, I mean, it, hair yeah. has been, I mean, hair has been like a huge part of my modeling career. I started, things started getting very serious when I, I chose to make my family happy and go to school and not chase after dreams. Like mm -hmm. a lot of kids do at 18. And I mean, I guess it's pretty 50, 50, you know, I mean, choose school you, or your dream, you know, I and dropped I, out of two colleges. Years. I, yeah, <laughs> so I chose, I, I chose, you know, schooling and education. And I actually went to school for fashion photography. I want to be a fashion photographer and yeah. I love photography, but I just, doesn't work for me right now but yeah. it didn't work for me then I went to school for two and a half years and realized it was the worst decision of my life oh, <laughs> and so I I quit school and I was like doing a little bit of modeling here and there I had never done like it was just like a, a few little photo shoots here and there like you know some yeah. commercials some swimwear just to kind of have a little bit of variety but nothing with like any major photographers like anybody who really like could put me out there it was just mm -hmm. to, like build up a book and I it was wasn't it mostly like editorial stuff or were you, did you start was, working with brands at any no point? it was pretty it was pretty commercial just like regular yeah. like portfolio shoots just stuff to add content and just to have stuff and totally looking back on it now I should have never done any of those shoots but I did hey, <laughs> <laughs> it filled the time at the moment. But yeah, and then I made I, a career selling $8 t-shirts. So did I you? <laughs> totally never regret anything. That's <laughs> awesome. No, and I, I quit modeling because it felt like I was trying to like go for jobs. I was hitting up castings and nothing was working. Like it yeah. just wasn't hitting for anybody. And I was like, okay, this is not working for me. And I'm in my college apartment that I signed a lease for without a co-signer. My parents were not happy about that. But I'm sitting there I'm like. I'm surprised they let you sign a lease without a co-signer. Oh, me too. Me too. <laughs> they sit there and tell you you have no credit. But then they give you something that like can screw up your credit even more. And uh, <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, so I, I was sitting in that apartment and I'm like, okay, what are my options? Because I'm locked into this lease for another six months. I quit school halfway throughout the year. Mm -hmm. I'm 
modeling is not working, you know? And I was like, okay, screw it. Like, and there was one night, it was like one o'clock in the morning and I was just sitting there watching TV and I was like, like, what am I doing with my life? You know? And I was like, I screw it. Modeling's not working. I'm going back to school. And literally the next day I was going to go to my university across the street and re-enroll in classes. And I fell asleep and I woke up to an email from Playboy. Yeah. And they were, I never reached out to them. I don't know how they found me. I was growing up, I have a very conservative family and they had, they would always ask me like, you know, the Dove ads that the girls are like naked. Oh, yeah. And they're like covered up, but they're sitting there and it's like a totally. little deodorant or whatever. They'd pull out those and sit them on a table when I'm like asking them about modeling. They'd be like, would you ever do this? And I'm like 10 years old and I'm like, no, like as a 10 year old, would yeah. I do it? No. But like when I'm 18 years old or when I'm older, I can't say that I'm not going to pose nude or be comfortable with my body or do yeah. a photo like that, you know? And so my family like had their reservations for even like fully supporting me, I think, because they kind of knew that like maybe my intentions were a little bit different than theirs yeah and it wasn't going to be their way you know and and so i i was really weird about like saying yes but who passes up the opportunity to do playboy yeah especially when they find you and especially when it it is the start of your career yeah absolutely because i don't know why playboy has a bad reputation for Mm -hmm. in the conservative world especially yeah but it is all of I mean, they, it is nude photography, but yeah. that's what it is. It's just nude photography. It's not porn. It's not softcore porn. It's not yeah. anything like that. It's can I mean a lot of people view it as a celebration of the, the human body. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And for me, like I I was I was not fully indulged in like that mind state at first. I just looked at it as the opportunity to do Playboy. Who who would pass that up? And yeah. anybody trying to start a modeling career and put something on the resume that means something yeah. would absolutely go and do it. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I said yes, and I went and did a casting, and I had to do the casting. wasn't wasn't required, but they had to have like a pre casting kind of like thing so that they could do like the before you got to Playboy thing. And then we did the shoot right away. And oddly enough, I ended up getting shot by Holly Randall. Awesome. And her mom is Susan Randall, so her mom shot Marilyn Monroe for Playboy. Oh yeah, no, I know. So I know a lot of people like probably think that you know Playboy shot by a bunch of horny men and whatnot, but all of my sets, all six of my sets, were shot by a female photographer. Yeah. So like it wasn't like an overly sexual like set it wasn't anything like that like it was totally opposite than even what I was I was thinking it was going to be like everyone was very very respectful Mm -hmm. and like it was it was amazing and it made me comfortable with my with my body and I always made sure that like I had never done any nude modeling before Playboy and I wanted to make sure that if I was going to do it it was for a company like Playboy it was for something significant exactly if you're gonna I mean that's the same way I felt about I knew it's I know it's very different but I know getting into modeling that eventually I would be have to do underwear shoots and stuff like that and being a big boy that was pretty scary So I held off for a long, long time. And it, yeah, it wasn't until America's Next Top Model mm-hmm. when Tyra personally like <laughs> reached out to me where yeah, I was like, well, I guess, I guess you're the one I have to say yes that's to. That's amazing. You know, if Tyra finds you, she, you got something special. <laughs> I know. And I know the best thing about Tyra is she writes in like one sentence stuff yeah. so you don't th- she's so direct Very. that you like cannot you're like left grasping for deeper meaning but yeah. she's no she's just like hey i want you to be on america's next top model and i'm like oh oh, oh. <laughs> like, yeah anxiety in what capacity <laughs> what do you want me to do <laughs> no yeah it's a, it's amazing and too with playboy i i grew up with like you say you were bigger yeah you've always been a big boy i've always been a tiny girl and yeah. like I was not, I'm not the girl that's 5'11 going into an agency. So I got turned down a ton and everything was like swimwear, lingerie, sexy, commercial stuff, like for small girls, you know, and that's the work that comes like pretty often. So like when you get an opportunity like Playboy, like as one of those, as a petite model who really doesn't have any opportunities, it's, Mm -hmm. that's major. Yeah. You know, it's not something that you pass up. And unfortunately, like I didn't keep my nudity exclusive to Playboy and I should have after the fact, you know, uh-huh. and, you know, you, you make mistakes and you learn from them. And I, I did workshops. I was a traveling model. I mean, yeah. I've been a full time model for the last six years. I have. Which is totally, amazing. Which is crazy not being signed to an agency. Like, yeah. I don't even know how I've been able to make it work. But unfortunately, like the nudity made it work for me and it paid my bills and it made me happy. I was still doing my passion and I was comfortable with my body at that point. And it's like people say, oh, there's nothing like there's nothing left to the imagination. Like once you've seen it, you've seen it all, you know, and it's like, well, yeah, but once I've shown it, I've shown it. No, exactly. You know, so like to me, there is no like there is no like exclusivity with that. And like, yeah. like your body is your temple. And like, yes, my body is my temple. And that's why I photograph it the way that I do. But you'll never be able to tell 
touch it. And that's why I'm going <laughs> to celebrate my body yeah. and have ceremonies. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And people worship. And it is. It's there's worse. There's still a lot of parts of the country that have a very backwards feeling about, about nudity. Mm-hmm. And I know in the body positive community, it's we like love the it. Forefront. Oh, yeah. it has to be mm-hmm. because we, we you spend your whole life hiding. You mm-hmm. spend your whole life changing. And I know for me, this even doing America's Next Top Model for me was a huge experience because I spent my entire time hiding it. Yeah. And then finally, I was the kid that wore t-shirts in the pool. And yeah. I was like fully clothed mm-hmm. at the beach. Didn't go to the beach. I don't know who I'm kidding. <laughs> now I love the beach. Now it's good. like I had no idea what I was missing That's all really of these good. years. I, yeah, I was just super insecure with myself. And like, yeah. I, I think like doing Playboy, it wasn't like, maybe I didn't really think about like even... The opportunity of it in itself was great, but I think I thought about it beyond that and like what it would do for myself and my self-esteem because at that point I was still really attached to wigs and like very insecure as a person and my wig covered up anything that was really a problem so no one really noticed. So doing the nudity for me, like my hair loss hit me at puberty when everybody else is getting boobs, when everyone else is cute, you know, and like I wasn't the cute girl. I've always been tiny. I didn't have boobs. I didn't have hair. Like I was not cute to boys, you know, and so for me, like it was just like an awkward like growing up, you know, and yeah, and so I just like I had to do Playboy for me to like to grow into my own femininity and to like be comfortable with myself and Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people probably think that it was for other people or or it's for men's entertainment the publication itself is but my motive for why I did it was for myself like to be comfortable with myself to be myself to be comfortable with my body and as a model like that for me was like the ultimate success right there was being comfortable with myself naked because once I knew I could do that I could do anything you know I love that yeah I absolutely love that. Uh, my one of my mom's favorite characters on General Hospital <laughs> did Playboy right beforehand, Ooh. and it changed my mom's <laughs> perspective on it. Did it? It really did. I mean, yeah, because it, it, it was uh, she just loved Sam on General Hospital, so it helped oh, a lot. Well, good, it, good, good. I'm hoping that like people, because I didn't, I don't keep it a secret. Yeah. I mean, you can Google Gina naked, and you'll see everything. You yeah. know, everything will come up. It's not a secret, and I share it on my on my model mayhem. I share it totally. on my Instagram. You know, you might have to scroll down a bit because you know there's, <laughs> there's a lot of some new stuff there's a lot out. of yeah no hair yeah. looks and and work that I've been doing. So you got to scroll past a little bit to get to all that stuff. But it's there, you know. And I haven't I haven't hidden it from people, but I know people Google and they find things out, and then they're like, totally. whoa, you know. But I I think my worry is that it might change the way that people view me on America's Next Top Model or their support. I've yeah. seen it a little bit on social media that people have kind of changed their perspective on who I am. But I do think it's a little crazy to to see like how I am on TV and like how I'm a somber person. And yeah. to completely change your perspective on how you think a person is, even though you see them on camera and who they really are based on a photo to me is a little bit crazy. But at the same time, yeah. as models, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to evoke emotion and make people think about things, you exactly. know, whether it's sexualized or not. Our job as models is to be polarizing and to make people think. Yeah. You know, like make people either love it or hate it. I'm fine with either one of them, but that's the whole point of what we do. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so well said. Yeah. I love that. So going on from there, let's talk about the actual America's Next Top Model casting yeah. process. Na, 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 na. I know. <laughs> so how does that start? Do you you, do you send in uh, submissions, I assume? Yes. This year was a little bit different than most years. They were just doing um, email submissions. So okay. it wasn't like a cattle call like it usually is where oh, you can yeah. go meet up at your local bar. And like it wasn't that. I auditioned when, oh, I think it was Cycle... 24. Oh, wait, no. Mm, cycle no, 24 is this I, cycle. Yeah, that's this cycle. I auditioned for, I think it was cycle, I want to say 18. It was like the first guy girl cycle. Yes. Yes. And I went to an in-person casting and it just did not work out for me. And I was like, okay, maybe this isn't the best for me. And I mm. just like, it's always been a goal. I've watched it since I was 10. Like Top Model came out the same year that I lost my hair. Yeah. And Aww. so for me, like it was like, this thing that I could fully indulge myself in with like trying to cover up my hair. And like, it was just amazing to me. So it's just been something I've I've literally been attached to since I was 10 and it just was, it was so feasible for me. And then I got there and it wasn't. And I was like, Oh my God, maybe it's not going to work. You know? So I just, the next few years, I was like, okay, I'm just going to watch this in my living room, you know? But, um, what was this? Oh yeah. So yeah, this, this time was, um, email submissions and they, they ended up getting back to me literally within less than like 12 hours. That's awesome. Like respond, like requesting home, home videos and like a lot, there was a lot of demand for what was going on. It's kind of, the audition process is a complicated one. It takes 
Yeah, it takes a month, and yeah. it's constant. You're in contact with them every single day, getting pieces of information, digging up childhood photos that I didn't even know existed. <laughs> I, I had I, my my mom is home in Minnesota. I live in Vegas, so I was calling my mom, like having her rummage through drawers. I'm like, Mom, can you find this photo? I need this. <laughs> like, is there anything with hair? Like, I need all of this. And I yeah. was like, I wasn't sure what I was gonna get back, but I ended up having enough stuff to send in, and like, I think they had more for me than they even needed. Yeah. But yeah, it was hey, it was crazy. There's never a problem with too much stuff. Yeah, and my uh, my submission and everything happened like pretty much at the very end I think like they were probably only s selecting a few more people to even come to their first casting uh -huh. and I had like a good two weeks before everything was go and I had to like move in that's crazy like it was and, and they and you're sequestered mm -hmm. you're like completely because I know because like watching you know after I met you I, you know check out your Instagram and whatnot yeah. and you notice on the dates of everything, it just <laughs> abruptly stops. Yes, for like it months. abruptly stops. And they try to like help you with ways of like covering that up because we have super fans out there. Hi, super fans. Um, hey. They dig, they are investigators. They can tell, even if you have no uh, like affiliation with Top Model or haven't posted anything about it, they will search who's been inactive on Instagram for the last so and so period and nail it down to like looks and who looks like they could be on Top Model. And they usually find out a good like 40 people that are there and they always find out exactly who it is Get like months out. before it even like the cast is even dropped or like official it's crazy and so like, if you go read forums from like way back in april they already know they already knew i was there so That's like even like insane. without like not being super active on social media for like a week they knew it yeah. was crazy. And for me, though, they tried to, like, let us know, like, hey, maybe if you could give someone access to your Instagram to, like, post for you or, like, you know, alleviate, like, the super fans finding out things. Yeah. And so I had my fiancé logged into my Instagram the night before I moved into the house. And I, I have a problem with fake accounts and hackers all the me time. Me too. It's really bad. That's my Instagram so was weird. hacked for, like, two weeks one time, and I was, Luckily, I was losing you're, it. you're also verified now, yeah, so you can kind of... that's amazing. <laughs> I, well, I did that. Same thing happened to me before. Before I was verified, mm -hmm. and I had to like prove yeah, that and you have I was to send in myself. Your ID and, and a photo, was, and like, and I'm like, yeah. no, it's it's definitely me. I don't know who this other guy is. <laughs> this other guy's speaking Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But I had like a serious, serious situation that happened right before I moved in the house. So I was Jeez. freaked out that it wasn't going to get handled and fixed before I moved in because yeah. then I was sitting on two months of my account being compromised. Oh, totally. And so I I uh, enabled the two-factor authentication so that uh -huh. when you log in, it sends a code to your phone, which you also have to put in and then you have access yeah well I totally forgot about that so I logged my fiance in on his phone and he's obviously on his own account so the next morning I go into the house and he tries to post make a post for me and I needed I you know the little like scrunchy bras that you like that you pull and they yes they pull up okay no, so I totally. had I had a promo post like that up yeah. and th it was only supposed to be up for 24 hours and I posted it the night before so I wanted him to delete it <laughs> oh. and so he goes in to try to delete it and he's like oh my god I can't do it well on top model they take your phone yeah for the whole two months and it's put in a plastic baggie with my pepper spray and all <laughs> other kinds of stuff at the moment and kept in a safe i think and like way off site so we can't access them so i couldn't get to my phone when he needed the two-factor authentication let alone like talk to him so it took me about like two weeks to even talk to him on the phone to find out that was going on they don't they don't let you talk to family members pretty much at we all we don't have like free phone time there's a phone yeah. there but it's definitely allotted and like we have to pick out like times for everybody that work and you have to base like a lot of people have family in other countries on different yeah. time zones so it was really hard because you usually got like a three hour block of time for everybody and then you had to like figure out who was best to go first or last or in the middle oh, so it was a little bit crazy so I didn't find out that that was even going on for a while from him and then I just kind of had to let it sit and I was like stuck with that little scrunch bra being like the last <laughs> post on my Instagram and I was like how saw. embarrassing how oh, embarrassing that's, funny. <laughs> that's awesome but so yes. so then so they had a, so in the first episode, they had a big casting. So it was narrowed down to about how many girls would you say before they picked the top 20? 26, I believe. 26. Mm -hmm. Oh, that sucks for those six girls. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, <laughs> I think they dropped it down to, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think it was 20 at first and they knocked two more off at the, um, like right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At that first fashion show. At that first mm -hmm. fashion show. They didn't even get to walk. I know. If y'all haven't seen it yet, um, I don't care. You should have seen it. It's been out for a long time. <laughs> there are no spoilers. You're missing out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Go back and watch everything. Yes. But in that first 
like right away you were establishing yourself in my opinion as an absolute star and the Ooh, best one i'm a little you. biased thank you yes be biased don't tell anyone else <laughs> don't tell christiana i love I her too I won't. <laughs> we won't christiana don't listen don't li- well, i mean you can listen just know i also like you we love you Kate. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so right away they knocked off two girls before the fashion show mm-hmm. and then you guys had to then do the fashion show and you had to wait completely overnight to just find out if oh you God. were, yes, what was it like to show up to the house and find out there weren't even enough beds for everybody? Okay. So <laughs> I was, me and Brandy K were like the two girls that were on top of it. Like we moved in, we were really close and yeah. like we, we decided to like snag a bed together and like nail it down. And then like, we're running around the house, like, wait, there's not enough beds. And usually yeah. on top model, like there's like, you know, five different rooms, the Paris room, the Tokyo room, yeah. the Milan, you know, and it's like, we have two bedrooms total in this whole house and yeah. all everybody's motion into those two beds, you know? So we're just like, okay, count the beds. And then we're like, okay, the bunk beds only have room for two, but then there's like three big beds that have two, two people can sleep in them. Yeah, so we totally. were like counting all the spaces and we we're like, there's only four, like there's not enough for, everyone like what are we gonna do and it was just like this huge uproar the whole house goes crazy and they're like oh my god oh my god, oh my god like, we're, we're all leaving <laughs> yeah like and it's like what's it gonna be you know and then the competition like it starts right there yeah because everybody wants a bed you want somewhere to sleep for sure like no totally that yeah. makes you feel comfortable like that's the one thing i feel like out of the entire competition that makes you feel comforted is like going back to your house oh man and like feeling safe you know and like anytime that's compromised it's like oh my god <laughs> so what was it like from going to pretty much living with uh, your fiance or on your own you're in vegas to now sharing a house with 18 (laughs) not because that's the thing is they're not just uh other girls they're contestants and your your direct competitors yes and they're models on top of that models have a certain reputation for personalities and living with a bunch of girls like that it can be (laughs) rough No, I was not the person to like be like super fond of living with people. I couldn't keep a college roommate to save my life. I just am very stuck in my ways. They always complained about like my wigs shedding and how much hair was on the floor. Oh, jeez. I always liked cats. So I snuck a cat into my apartment complex. Do you have a cat now? Yes, I have three. (laughs) What are their names? Mochi, Inari, and Chester. Aw, I have Mm -hmm. one named Taco. Oh, cute. I I have a kitty and a puppy. Oh, cute. Yeah, see, two of mine are named after Japanese food. The other one's just a special guy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I I just wasn't the girl to grow up living with people. And so I've always lived on my own. Like, Mm -hmm. I moved out of home when I was... 18 didn't go back i'm good once i turned 18 i was good i don't like living under anyone else's rules like it's not that i'm a rebel i just like my own space and to do what i want to do when i want to do it and i like quiet so living with other people that's always unpredictable yeah i'm a very quiet person i love quiet so i you know being with my fiance is one thing living with your man but then like you move into this house with all these girls and it's like i like i don't even know how i got through it i think my mom was trying to like counsel me before i got there and she was like just breathe it'll be okay you know like just be just be yourself like you know and i'm like like i don't know if i can like oh my god it just it was just so complicated for me because girls have always been like the weird the weird factor for me i got along with boys growing up because boys were a lot less judgmental about my hair yeah so i was super friendly with a bunch of boys like all my friends were groups of boys i was like a little homeboy you know yeah, i'm yeah. a very like chill person i wasn't like the girl like, oh my god I mean, yeah, i'm just not that girl you know yeah. and so for me like i always kind of just stayed away from girls and they stayed away from me i think it was intimidation honestly i hear that a lot from a lot of girls like uh, now that i'm older i hear it more from women about mm-hmm. the honest truth about what it is and it's it's been intimidation and ended i don't know why because i'm very quiet i think it's resting bitch face the same thing <laughs> happens with guys i i like i mean Growing up, whether they were good guys or not, I actively avoided the mm-hmm. good-looking, popular guys because I was like, there's no way they could understand me, yeah. so I'm going to stay away from them. Mm-hmm. But it's, hey, we all grow up one day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I went into it with this, like, anxiety-ridden feelings about, like, living with a bunch of girls and what it was going to be like. And I just, I didn't want to let that affect, like, how I was going to perform. So I completely, yeah. once I got there, threw it out the window and just... I, I just established myself as I'm here. And it was always a constant reminder. I always get asked in interviews, who's your biggest competition? Yeah. And I'd sit there and I'd think, and I literally couldn't think of anybody besides myself. And it wasn't that it was a cocky thing. It wasn't no. that it was overly confident. It wasn't that. It was that I'm not here. I'm here because of myself. I'm not here to compete against Brendy K, to compete against KK. I'm here yeah. to please the judges and to do the best that I can do. Love so it was that. that was always my answer was that I'm my biggest competition here. And as long as I did better than I did the week before, 
that was success for me. And as long as it kept going up higher and higher and higher, then that was perfect. So I just kind of had to like turn a blind eye to all the girls, you know, and it's hard when there's drama and there's friendships involved and you want to defend people. And like, you know, it kind of pulls you out of your character a little bit and it changes the dynamics a little bit, but you know, it is what it is. I avoided drama at all costs. Like my parents watching. You're such the peacemaker on the show. You know, oddly enough. You run to every, you are Anytime there's drama, you're there. I'm like, a mom. I'm down. a mom. KK, KK gave me the nickname in the house of Mother Teresa. Oh, my God. Which couldn't be any farther than, like, my life. <laughs> like, I did Playboy, and you nicknamed me Mother Teresa. Like, it doesn't make sense. But it was that's how they all viewed me. I always had extra tampons. I always had extra yeah. snacks. I always had extra food. I always had extra heels. I had clothes for people. And it's, you know, I know this industry is a dog-eat-dog industry. But at the same time, we don't have to treat people like that, and especially your competitor, because if I was in a situation where I needed a tampon or I needed a pair of shoes or I needed something, it was a need, not a want, I would want somebody to be there for me. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not at that. You have to take the want out of that. You would need somebody to be there for you. And I knew that I had to be that for for other people. That's my that's who I am as a person. Now, I'm a Pisces. So there's that super sweet side of me that cares for people. And I'm like a mom. And then there's the side that takes no shit and I'm very like cut and dry very blunt and to the point and I play no games and I'm a hustler that's how you get by in the industry you know and I've been exactly I've been my own business for so long that I don't have time for for what I like to call fuckery totally and so I just I can't I can't be that girl so there's definitely like those sweet moments but then there is a snap that people would like to call a mood swing and I snap into a bitch and it's not even it's not even that it's a bitch that's how it's viewed by other people but i just don't have time for the baby you know what i mean absolutely yeah you can only be emotional so much and you got to take yourself out of it so being in the competition it was rough because i was super emotional because they were bringing me through you know like the hair and all that and i was i was reliving emotions as a 10 year old that i never got to deal with you know let's move on to that yeah so let's talk about that tie over yes (laughs) oh my gosh so when uh, the tire mill went out that you would be losing your wig, mm-hmm. how did that feel? <laughs> I don't know if I'm necessarily allowed to say it, but I'm going to. I think I can. So originally, they weren't sure if I was going to be comfortable removing my wig. Yeah. So the TV tire mill that I got was you're getting a pixie. Oh, okay. So I went into the salon thinking I was going to get some kind of pixie wig cut for me. And yeah. when I showed up. They were like, oh, your makeover is actually bald. We're going to bick your head. And I was like, okay. You yeah, know, so it was like, it was a difference. shock. It was yeah. a shock. And it wasn't that I wasn't willing to do it. Obviously, I did it and I went through with it. But at the time, it was just shocking because I thought I was getting something else. Yeah. And so they ended up actually cutting that wig for me. I still got it. And is it nice? Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's it's, <laughs> it's cut after 90s Linda Evangelista, like super shaggy and oh. like really, really cute. And it's my natural hair color, so I love it. absolutely love it. <laughs> no, it's amazing. But uh, we never used it. And because they had they asked me off, off of camera on, on the side if I would be comfortable doing just going for it just going for it and i i had my reservations about it but at the same time i knew what i signed up for and i i knew the impact that i could make on people and Mm -hmm. potentially the impact i could even make on myself and maybe i wasn't ready for it but i needed to do that in order to be ready for everything that was to come i think and i told them okay i'll do it you know and the very first audition actually i told them like i know you guys are going to remove my hair for makeovers like I'm ready for it yeah and Tyra looked at me she's like you're ready for it and I was like I don't know you know and I was like but I know I'm not gonna have a choice and I know that's what you I know how you guys work and I know yeah. that that's what's gonna happen I don't know that's what everyone wants yeah exactly but also it's it's it was such a cathartic experience as an audience member mm-hmm. watching because when I met you I didn't know you had that, no idea that you had gone through that yeah. I, I had just assumed you had been bald the whole time because mm-hmm. I had just met you mm-hmm. I can tell you as an audience member it was a very cathartic experience for all of us that felt like we were hiding something ourselves to watch you go through that yeah I've gotten an insane amount of DMs from people saying that like they've got like this thing wrong with them this thing it's not my my thing I was expecting the response to be so heavy in hair loss and it has been but it's pulled in so many different people with different things wrong with them and like Mm -hmm. things that they can't help and people who just have always felt different and not beautiful and weird in a sense you know and it was it was crazy to me that I could impact that many people I've even had like 45 year olds message me and say oh my god you're such an inspiration when in my head 
that's supposed to be Aaron's demographic. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, to yeah. me, it was crazy that I'm pulling from like plus girls, small girls, like well, you're men, pulling from everything. Anyone who's ever felt it's a yeah. lot of different people. I genuinely had no idea the impact that I was. Gonna, I had no idea. For me, it, it, was, it was so massive. much smaller in my head in the moment in the salon because yeah. at the point at that point it was all about me and how I felt and what it was going to do, how it was going to affect me and my emotions. And so I, in the moment, it was impossible for me to even think past that salon and outside yeah. those doors it was so impossible you had such a big impact on so many people yeah. doing that. i mean even in the next judging the fact that drew came in without his makeup mm -hmm. showing everyone he had vitiligo mm -hmm. the fact that uh law came in without his wigs mm -hmm. showing everyone it's it does echo through all body types mm -hmm. all people all genders all everything because it yeah. is you you Everyone feels like they're hiding something. Everyone feels like they're not good enough. And watching you go through the experience of taking your wig off and turning out looking so fierce and so beautiful was such a huge moment Thank for you. anyone who ever felt like an outsider. Thank you. No, I, I was definitely very nervous. I know I've always had this face, but like I've never really shown my head like that. So yeah. I was nervous as to how it was going to be or if it was going to be accepted at well, all. You it know? was beyond accepted. Oh, yay. Good, good, um, good. <laughs> speaking of accepted, fast forward <laughs> a little more. Yes. So one day I come and I walk out to standing in front of a number of beautiful women and tell them that I will be uh, taking my shirt off with them. <laughs> and, and luckily for me, I was told that my partner would be you. Yay. I know. I was so happy. So, so that was not just your first time shooting with a big guy. It was your first time shooting with a guy. Period. Point yeah. blank. That was my first time ever shooting with a guy. Just and total baptism by fire. Yes. Yeah. And I was so nervous because I've had offers before from male models but yeah. they're always like the first message always like came with like hey can i take you on a date and i say no and then it's uh, like well can we do a shoot together and it's like gross. all right now i'm nervous about set because how is it gonna be and so i've always just like been like no my god no like it made it's just scared the crap out yeah, of me totally. and, and yeah and, and i was i was really really scared I, and i had no idea you were scared i, I had no terrified. idea you were in my prize by the way i had absolutely no clue oh and you didn't That's not awesome. until not until tyra had said that you and Zach will be modeling together. I had no idea up until that moment. Oh, that's great. And I, the, the previous day, I won the challenge from um, London. And so I got to win the clothes and keep the clothes. And I won the selfie challenge. And yeah. I'll be on Jordan Dunn's Instagram. She's going to share yeah. it for her, um, her line for Misguided. And then I'm like, okay, I thought that was it. You know, and then the next morning we have a photo shoot. And Ty was like, oh, and your prize continues. And I'm like, oh, my God, okay, yay. <laughs> like, this is amazing. It was really, really cool. And it helped alleviate a lot of stress for me because we had to do that casting. Oh, yeah. For all the guys. Totally. And they were all over the place. There's so many different personalities. It was the They're so fun. <laughs> thing for me trying to like judge these other guys. Yeah. Because also, like, you know, the big guy, you know, brawn modeling is still a new yeah, very comer new. to the mm -hmm. industry. So I almost, even though, yeah, I work a lot and I do stuff, I felt weird telling these guys, trying to tell them what they should be doing, yeah. what we were looking mm -hmm. for, because I'm like, oh, we're still figuring it out ourselves. Right. So I'm not entirely sure. Right. But I think we ended up picking up some good guys. We ended up picking a lot of really, really good guys. Yeah. yeah they were fun. They were definitely fun. Very fun. And I'm, I, and I'm very proud of all of them because none of them knew what they were getting into. They had no idea. Either. They were yeah. like, oh, sure, I'll come for a casting. And then, yeah. God, every single time we asked them, they're like, so you got to take off your shirt? They're like, uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> like, they, they got hesitant about it. You could see it. You totally. You could see it. But being around girls, I think that like we're all, in a sense, kind of comfortable with themselves. At that point in the competition, it kind of kicked in that we were all comfortable with the yeah. makeovers, comfortable with the competition, comfortable with, like, fighting and being to normal. To me, you guys seemed so comfortable with each other. Yeah, we were. And yeah. we, were, we had been around each other for so long. And, and contrary to, like, past Top Model history, we were a really good group of friends. Like, yeah. all of us girls were really, really close. Like, yeah. And it's not maybe not as a, as a cohesive group. Maybe a little been a couple clicks here and there, but they were massive clicks within that within that group. So we all got just so close with each other yeah. and it was just so normal. And it, like we always like kind of, you know, pumped each other up before we have to get off the bus or like yeah. go into this next year because we don't know what it's going to be. We're all in that same position. So as long as we can all stay positive together, so it kind of just like helped, you know, and I think you guys. With me, yeah. When uh, when she was like, here's Zach Miko. Did anyone know have did anyone have any idea who I was? I'm not going to lie. I had no idea. <laughs> Because, but and then everyone. when you walked out like for in in those situations it's so hard to yeah. like because you're so on the spot you're also trying to 
keep in mind what they're saying and yeah. be aware of cameras and be aware of yourself. Totally. And so it's hard to like, like you may know a famous person that comes in, but when they say the name and then you see the face, it doesn't click. I was waiting for, oh, I was like, oh, I, like, I was waiting for this episode. I was like, I can't wait to see <laughs> what the reaction looks like on the episode. Cause I walked in and I'm, everyone's like, oh, oh, oh I'm just always very, very happy to meet people. Yeah. And so like, I'm just always very happy. Like whoever's walking in, I'm like, I want to know who you are. Like I, I network my butt off. Like, so I just yeah, want to, I want to know what you do, how you do it, what you do in the industry and mm -hmm. how I can be involved. And like, that's just me. So I'm just always like super starry eyed about just the, perfect the industry. Hustle. Yeah. And so, but when you walked in, I for sure thought like, I was like, okay, he's an NFL player. I was like, he plays football. <laughs> he definitely is a football player. Like which football that's player? That's what a lot says? of people think. Yeah. I'm like, he definitely is a football player. Like, so tell me which team he plays for. Go ahead, Tyra. Let, like, let, let me know. Oh, and no, so it wasn't a team. You're a model. Yeah. <laughs> surprisingly, even yeah. to me today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not only did we have to shoot, but they st stripped us down and covered us in gold paint. Yes, so first, they did. like, so I had to go over and, you know, I barely got a chance to talk to you. We I just know. announced that we were taught that we were going to shoot together and then yeah. we had to go right into the casting and then the only chance I had to go talk to you was to go over to the makeup station I while know. you're having gold leaf applied to your head. I know and I could <laughs> barely hear anything because it was like crinkling left and right. There was like three or four people yeah, putting it on my head. just all getting ready and I was It just, was craziness. Yeah. It was crazy and I was trying to help and I had stuff on my hands and I was like ah like I didn't know what to do but yeah it was we didn't really get to talk for very much beforehand no, which I was just like, thrust into bummer it. you know and I was like but you know what that's totally okay because he's a professional yeah. I know my job he knows his job and we mush together and we make it work. And, and, I, and I've done, um, you know, a couple shoots before mm -hmm. and you were such a professional. Thank I would you. have never guessed you hadn't shot with somebody else because never. <laughs> especially for I was in such a position that I was terrified because mm -hmm. I was about to do a shoot I've never done doing an underwear shoot. Yeah. And then we add the added stress of them just covering us in this slimy. For those who don't know, the, the gold paint so that cold. they used was mixed with uh, corn syrup to yeah. try to like, you know, Coagulate. make it drip a little slower. Yeah. And it was so cold. It was freezing. Right away, we're standing in this puddle of stuff. Both Gina and I almost hit the deck. Oh my God. And because that it was, was so slippery. That was the worst because you're bare, you, you were barefoot. I was barefoot. I yeah, yeah. had stilettos on. I know. <laughs> that, and we were standing in this, like, it was a bowl underneath us. So it was like, probably like a, like a one by like, three or four it was yeah. a really tiny little like container just to, so like, it didn't get spread other places yes yeah. and it caught the gold paint well did you know we were the guinea pigs because i know we were we, the first ones we didn't did have everyone else for everyone else after us they put a towel on the bottom so that they oh, had something to grip on that was so nice you and, and i were just hoping we didn't eat it yeah, I, I think it was like we the last second they slipping. threw a towel down for us yeah because when the, after we had taken a couple frames they're like it was really dangerous especially <laughs> when you and i started doing a little more like adventurous poses mm -hmm. we were like we got to do something or we're yeah. gonna hit the deck yeah and it's gonna I be was bad. I was nervous and I think our photo was three quarters so I didn't even need those heels on I could have took them off <laughs> but if I would have done that our size comparison would have been like even more dramatic I know <laughs> oh but that's what I love about it and that's yeah. why I think it turned out so and well. not only that that's like if, if we're supposed to embody like our whole motive for that was like warrior couple kind absolutely of thing. and I think that you know every like it's our image stands for what relationships are in like regular life. Most guys are big and tall and most yeah. girls are tiny and short and yeah. it looks cohesive. It looked very normal and like very, it you know, relatable to people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. I think it turned out it's really cool. so well. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Gina, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. This has been amazing. Everyone, please continue to root on Team Gina and America's Next Top Model. Yes. Hashtag Team Gina. J E A N A. Yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah, One thank of my you managers for spells me. her name the same way, so that's the only reason I know how to pronounce that's it. That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. I heard that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good thing to hear. Uh, please, everybody, follow Gina on social media, at Gina Turner on Instagram and Twitter as well. Same tag or different? Uh, it is at Gina, Gina underscore Turner on Gina Twitter. underscore mm -hmm. Turner. Facebook, all, you know, all the fun stuff. Follow that, her on everything. Yeah. Keep rooting her on. Gina, you're an amazing person. Thank you're you. a role model for so many young people. You Thank have no you. idea. Before we go, I just want to ask, what advice do you have for anyone who feels like they might be held back for their looks, gender, you know, sexual orientation, and anything that they think is holding them back? I think that my biggest piece of advice would be to really analyze whether or not it's you or society holding yourself back. 
because I think that society has its its little ways to to dictate things, but I think ultimately we are in control of ourselves. And if we fall victim to what society wants, then we're only aiding to that problem. So I think if you can step back and kind of analyze like what your true wants and goals are in life and what you, you know what I mean, what you really yeah. want and figure out how to be a go-getter and go get those things and not let society's you know, standards affect that, then you're good. I know it's easier said than done and it takes some people different processes to get there. It's not that easy because if it was that easy, I would have done it at 12. You know, exactly. but it's you got to just not stand in your own way, I think, is is the biggest thing, because you can let people tell you things all day long, you yeah. know, and it depends on which ones you take into effect, because you're being told things are right and wrong that you do all day long. And some things you choose to overlook and some things you don't. And it's the things that you don't that bother you, you know, and if you can appease those things like you look at the things that, you know, you don't care what other people's opinions are and apply that to what you feel your insecurity is, then you're fine. But it's hard because something you're insecure about and those things stem from so many different places absolutely and it's hard to get rid of all of those things and to be comfortable with yourself but my thing is i try to make my life from this point forward a goal to be transparent to everybody and to never lie or hide anything Mm -hmm. the second you hide something it gives people a reason to dig and then you have to lie or cover up that in another way and it's another thing and another thing and it's never ending so if you don't give anybody a reason to even analyze why or that something is maybe not the full truth then there's nothing anyone can say to you it is what it is it's in their face you know fantastic Mm -hmm. gina again you're amazing thank you so much and everyone support hashtag team gina follow her on all of the social medias and we'll talk to you all soon bye bye Yes. Guys, isn't she amazing? I think she's absolutely incredible. And I think after this show ends, she's going to have just opportunities galore. I think she's a beautiful, amazing model, but also an intelligent advocate for women everywhere. So excited to see her career go. And I love what she said. Absolutely. Do not limit yourself to this box that the world put you in in the beginning. You are so much better than people label you. It was truly an honor having her on the show. And I want you all to go follow her at Gina Turner, as we said before. Follow her on everything. She's absolutely amazing. If you have any questions about the show, remember every Thursday we do our Extra Big Thursday. So please write into us, Twitter and Instagram, at Zach Miko, Z-A-C-H-M-I-K-O. Facebook, Big Things with Zach Miko, facebook.com slash bigthingspod. On our own website, bigthingspod.com. And just email us directly, Zach at BigThingsPod.com and Josh at BigThingsPod.com. And please, 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 if you haven't done so already, please subscribe on whatever you're listening to, and please leave us a five-star review. Guys, thank you as always. I cannot wait to talk to you next time. We're going to be sitting down next week with Nadia Bujwara, who is the CEO and co-founder of Dia & Co. Can't wait to talk to you. Until next week. Remember to go out there and do big things.